Good morning. It's Thursday. It's a good day to be alive in Christ. I'm George Watkins <clears throat> in my morning voice. <laughs> a little rough today, but we'll warm it up talking about the good things of the Lord. I'm glad you stopped by today. <clears throat> I, I consider it an honor to be able to sit for a few moments with you and express some of the things on my spirit and also to be open to the Holy Spirit as we speak, that as you hear, the Holy Spirit says something to you that I'm not even saying. Isn't that amazing? Something in the spirit of our conversation today will illuminate in your spirit a revelation of Jesus Christ that you have never had before, because that's how it works. Wow. Well, if you're new to our broadcast, stay around a while. We have some good times here. And <clears throat> we love to hear from the Holy Spirit's revelation of the kingdom of God. Now, we're in the book of Ephesians, the Passion Bible, this week. And again, I'm drawing from a, a section out of the third chapter. I want to <clears throat> ask 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 and answer the question, why didn't Paul want to know anyone after the flesh? Interesting thought, isn't it? Begin to meditate upon that just for a bit, but let me read just a bit out of the third chapter, the uh, <clears throat> first couple of verses. Beloved friends, because of my love for Jesus Christ, I am now his prisoner for the sake of all of you who are not Jews, that means the Gentiles, if it was in the King James, so that you will hear the gospel that God has entrusted to me to share with you. Wow. That's pretty bold for <clears throat> this ex-killer. And, you know, he was kind of a warden, a ward of the state, warden of the state, to go capture Christians and put them in prison, and some of them died there. He has the boldness now to write to this, uh, to the Ephesians, which some of the theologians believe this is to the whole church, not just to the Ephesian people. He says, listen to this again, this is bold confidence that he has been with Christ. He said, I am now his prisoner <clears throat> for the sake of all of you who are not Jews so that you will hear the gospel that God has entrusted to me to share with you. Now, for this wonderful mystery, which I briefly described, was given to me by divine revelation. Do you know it's somewhat <laughs> dangerous, if not considered illegal, to preach or teach a divine revelation that you receive from Christ. It's pretty standard that if you can't pin it down to a scripture in the Bible, then it must not be from God. All right, well, you wrestle that out. That's a, <laughs> that's a tired one. It's a, it's a long wrestle on that one. But Paul said it, even though... The New Testament's not written, of course, but the old scriptures were. 
the uh, Septuagint and so forth. They were, they were all there. So the New Testament church then relied on the revelation of Christ that was in the scriptures that had been written already, the Old Testament. But Paul said, I don't want to know anyone after the flesh. Now, let me give you a little picture here, if I can. If this was the mentality of today, when you had an experience with Jesus, and in this case, Paul has a dynamic, dramatic explosion of the introduction of Jesus to Paul. He's on the road to Damascus. Bright light stops. We know it's Jesus. Why, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you kicking against the, the goads or the pricks of the, of the, the you know, the point of the, of the goad that was poking the oxen? Why are you doing that? Well, he fell on, he heard the voice of the Lord, fell on the ground, so forth. And then he goes for three days. He's blind. He goes for three days. And um, a man of God comes to that house, prays for him, and he's healed. Now, if that was today, first thing we would tell this young Paul, we would say, now you need to go to seminary or Bible school. And you need to sit here now and listen to someone teach you all about Jesus. Doesn't sound bad, does it? I mean, it's a pretty good counsel, I would say. But here we have a brand new uh, architecture being structured called the kingdom of God and the New Testament church as we know it or as we, as we read about it. So Paul... <clears throat> would have then been led to Jerusalem, and he would have gone through layer by layer of the history of Jesus the man. They would have taken him to the hot spots where Jesus healed, raised the dead, walked on the water. He would have had story after story from James and you know John and Peter of how Jesus quieted the storm and fed the 5,000. He would have had a replay, as it were, a seminary degree in Jesus the man. He would have known, he would have met, he would have met Mary and he would have met the brothers and sisters and he would have sat in church and listened to testimonies when Jesus was there walking the streets of Jerusalem and he healed me. Oh, I was blind, but now I see. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I think that'd make a pretty good church service myself, except for the fact that there had to be a bridge made in the New Testament foundational church from Jesus the man to Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God. Just like Paul, just like Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit after the baptism of John, of of, uh, you know, <laughs> the baptizer. <clears throat> he was led into the wilderness so he could go through the temptations and come out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul was led into his wilderness for 14 years. For 14 years, it was in that time that God gave him the revelation of Jesus, the Christ, and why Christ came. Now, he goes on to say in this next few verses here, in verse 4, chapter 3, 
that that would whenever you read it, you will be able to understand. He said, this divine revelation that I received, whenever you read it, you will be able to understand my revelation and insight into the secret mystery of the Messiah. Now, this, this is bold statement. Listen to it again. <clears throat> there has never been a generation that has been given the detailed understanding of this glorious and divine mystery. The audacity of this one man who had been a killer. <laughs> He'd locked people up in prison. And now he comes, writes to the New Testament church and says, I've got the mystery solved that no one had ever heard before. Wow. I love it because we look back on it, we can understand it. <laughs> if he had stood in our congregation and said that, some stranger drifts in, he's got a reputation, we know who he is, he's a killer. I wonder if he's going to come and kill us. And he stands up and says, I have solved the mystery of the ages, and it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, that wasn't revealed when Jesus walked the shores of Galilee and healed the sick and made the water into wine. That wasn't revealed. That was Jesus, the man, fulfilling the Adamic covenant, coming and doing all the things that Adam should have fulfilled, Jesus fulfilled. That's what he meant on the cross when he said, it is finished. It wasn't the finished work yet because he hadn't died. He hadn't risen from the dead. He hadn't taken the blood to the Father, but he had finished the covenant. That was Jesus the man. Jesus came on our part, in our place, and did what all the others had failed to do, to obey God's covenant to the letter. Wow. So but Paul goes on to say, there's never been a, there's never been, this mystery has never been revealed to anyone else, this divine mystery. He kept it a secret until this generation. God is revealing it only now to his sacred apostles and prophets by the Holy Spirit. Here's the secret. The gospel of grace has been made, has made you non-Jewish believers into co-heirs of his promise through your union with him, and you have now become members of his body, one of the anointed ones. Now, this is why Paul did not want to know anyone after the flesh. I have never been to Jerusalem. I understand it's, a, it's an impacting experience. Everyone I know that goes, including my sister and my cousins, so forth, that have been there, and other preacher friends. They say when you step off the airplane and walk down the street where Jesus walked, something is in, you know, something is wonderful. So I don't want to sound negative here. I don't want to sound like I'm anti, uh, you know, Jerusalem or anti-Israel uh, physical. But watch out that we don't venerate the man and forget that he is the Christ who lives in us of a truth. That's the key to what we are to do in this hour. <clears throat> can you imagine, can you imagine the New Testament church? If it's anything like our church today, we would have had testimony time about when Jesus was here, I was healed. 
Oh, I remember his golden eye, his his blue eyes. I remember the face and the and, and the, just the beauty of his face. And I remember when he healed the blind man. I was there. I saw him feed the 5,000. Well, that sounds like pretty good testimony. That would build faith, I'm sure. But what happens if that's not, if that's, if that goes on, it anchors us into Jesus the man. So in Sunday school, we learn all about what Jesus did on earth. And often in some of our teaching centers, especially in our traditional, in my traditional background, I knew more about him walking the shores of Galilee than I did about him dwelling in me of a truth. I knew more about him healing the blind man and feeding the 5,000 than I did know that, that they taught then they taught me <laughs> talking too fast here then they taught me about christ in me the hope of glory and what i was to be and that was a container of god himself they didn't teach me that they were teaching me jesus the man wonderful i'm not opposed to that in that setting as long as it stays where it belongs i don't idolize that jesus the man i don't try to venerate you know the actions of jesus the man because he came to bring us back to the father through the sacrifice of his cross and resurrection that's the christ the son of the living god now paul was very emphatic that he did not want to go to jerusalem and meet anybody and be taught and trained and gone through the school of, of remember when Jesus did this and remember when Jesus, no, he wanted to have a revelation. And bridge from the old to the new, from Jesus the man to Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God. Can you make that journey? I know you are. I know many of you have already. <laughs> this is not new gospel. I'm just reminding you to take that journey from the from Jesus the man to Jesus the Christ the son of the living god that dwells in us through the holy spirit and then why he came he came to bring us back to the father as a world the whole world has been called back to the father amen all the nations that had been cut off at at babel when in Deuteronomy, when Babel was judged and God chose Abraham and dedicated Israel's future. All the other nations were cut off and they were put under the domination of rebellious gods. But it was at the, that was at the, um, <clears throat> at the book of Acts in the second chapter when they sent the, those, those 70 nations they went to every 70 of the nations and proclaimed Jesus has set you free. Okay, well, that's my thought for today. Remember Jesus, the Son of God, Christ, the living Savior. Amen. Love you guys. Most of what I do, I'm trusting, is just a stimulation for you to seek the Lord on your own, for you to put your face in the face of God and say, what? Did he say today, I need an understanding? I have to have revelation on anything I speak about. If I read a book and get a spark of, a, of inspiration, someone says something I haven't said, 
I haven't, I haven't heard, put it that way, or haven't read. I, I, have to, I have to go to the Father and say, Lord, I need a revelation on that. Now, revelation can come through hearing someone preach, yes. But it doesn't go into your spirit and bloom into something that God can speak to you about until you spend some time. Uh, we'll 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 give you you know we'll give you a break. It won't be 14 years, but it may it may be a while for you to spend time in the presence of the Lord. When you do, you'll come out of that journey knowing the Lord. Something different will happen. Amen. Well, tomorrow morning is Friday. Friday is a good day to rejoice. We'll see you then. My favorite day of the week. And we will see you bright and early. Don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for all the good things you do to encourage us, the good comments, the support in prayer. And some of you, God has prodded and given the inspiration to send us a gift. We receive it. And it helps us to cover all of our expenses and go forward. Thank you for that. Well, God bless you. We'll see you in the morning.